At Zenni, we believe everyone deserves access to high-quality, affordable eyewear. That's why we offer stylish prescription glasses for men, women, and kids starting at just $6.95. Our online factory direct model cuts out the middlemen, so you save. At Zenni, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenni.com. Eyewear for everyone. Hey guys, welcome back to We Watch Movie. I'm Mike. I'm Jay. And uh, this is a little bit late. No, it's not. It's a little right late. on time. Well, we got we got to filming this weekend, and we're like, this is just too good of a time. We forgot to do the things we came to do. Yeah, we got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so. It happens to the best of us, Jim. Uh, but yeah, so uh, last week, I went and saw two... I think you saw these in the same day, too, didn't you? No, uh, you no we were separate. Yeah. I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, and then I saw the first Purge later that day. And it was a dark day. No, it was actually it wasn't that bad. You know, as, as as a double feature goes, it could be... I don't know what you're talking about. The Purge was the greatest movie of all time. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, <laughs> since ahead. it's called the first Purge, we'll go with that one first. You're angry. Yes. I'm angry. Very angry. You want to release that anger? I need to. Thank you for your honest answers. First, a few formalities. Batesias, the official flower of the experiment, they represent rebirth. In the box you have recording lenses, contacts. Should you choose to actively participate, wear them on the evening and they'll document everything you do. So today we're going to have uh, reviews for The First Purge and for uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, which... Uh, <sighs> We'll put the spoilers at the end. There's not very many spoilers for either movie, so we can honestly get away with not even doing spoilers for this. Just neither movie has the, that really spoilery feel to its asshole. Yeah. But um, so the first purge, like, it's, how do you feel about this franchise as a whole? Like, not a whole, but as a whole whiskey. I think it feels good on the whole. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. As a, as a whole, the series of the purge is fine. I'm I'm down with the purge. <laughs> Not like in real life. <laughs> Let's go fuck shit up. Uh, but as a whole, it's it's cool. It's fine. I just think that overall, I think it could have uh, ended with the first one and moved on past that and not ever made another one. Now, the Frank Grillo ones, they were fine. They were cool. But when you get into the origin part of it, which is this one, the first Purge, that part is cool. I like the idea that you get to see what, what transpired and what made the Purge happen in the first place. But when you make it about a fucking drug dealer that becomes the hero and can do some kung fu Jackie Chan Shidoshi shit against elite military and you throw out the rules and it's like, what the fuck just happened? Look, and then not only that, you're using CG to show blood effects. Look, if I wanted CG, I'd fucking Nintendo. I don't <laughs> want CG in my horror movies. I just don't give a shit. Like, I, why even... You can't use practical effects for that. Like, the movie also, overall in a nutshell, is boring. It's predictable. It's it's stale. The characters, for the most part, are just awful. The main guy that the drug dealer, which I don't like his character, but the actor's all right. He it just it doesn't make sense that he's the superhero that they make him out to be. Like he's the fucking king of the hill after everything goes down. Because at the end of the day, he was still slinging fucking drugs to everybody on the block. Jenny was on the block and she was slinging it. <laughs> 
And I, I just didn't like that shit. I mean, I, I just don't like that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. Well, now I'm 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 with you on just about all that, man. I, I mean, as far as the whole series goes, though, like I I enjoy the shit out of the first Ethan Hawke film. I love the fact that Ethan Hawke's in some horror movies. Mm. I thought the home invasion aspect was cool, but I think everybody kind of felt the same way. It was like, well, this sounded like a cool idea. Why are you going to focus on one family when it's such a wide scoping thing? And then you realize they're going to do a sequel every other year and they're going to tell different stories. Which to me, that sounds like a way better idea because I mean, it's spanning the globe and it's every single year that they're doing it. So you can do so many different stories and so many different things with it. Now, uh, to me, up to this point, the series got better as it went along. Well, no, not the second one. I like the first one better than the second one. The third one's my favorite because Frank Grillo and his badassery. I thought that was really good. But I'm with you, dude. On this one, you're getting introduced to the character and the main guy, Yulin, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Yulin Noel. Dude, He's badass. Like, I, I think the actor himself was really good. I thought he was action movie material for sure. I would love to see him do more shit. Like, I think he could be a really good action star. Like, I, I was that impressed with him. But like you said, his character fucking sucked. Like, you're supposed to be rooting for this guy. And the, when the movie starts, like, he's selling drugs. He's not just selling drugs. He's not on a corner. He is, the like, the ringleader. He's the like, kingpin of the whole fucking neighborhood. Yeah, he's literally kingpin from Daredevil. You, I, you think Matt Murdock would have let him get away with this shit? Hell no, he would have hired Foggy Nelson. <laughs> like, uh, but, yeah, yeah, I know. And, and the other thing about it is that uh, just the interactions between him and the girl, that which is the uh, younger or the older sister of this kid that she's taking care of, which he comes into play later on, uh, I didn't, dude, it didn't like the whole thing. She's like, "You gonna take care of us, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, girl, I got you. I'm gonna kill this motherfucker. It's gonna be good." And you're like, "It didn't even seem like I, I don't know what the fuck was happening." Like half the time, I was watching one movie and then it shifted into something else, and then I felt like I was watching Poetic Justice with Janet Jackson and Tupac. Like it just wasn't working for me. <laughs> no, I do. Uh, one thing I love about it, and some people are knocking this, and some people like it. And this is kind of a, a double-edged sword. I love the fact that they did, like, a hood version of The Purge. Like, Juice and, like, Menace to Society and all that. Like, I love that idea. If it idea. had been done right. If it had been done right. Yeah. Like, that is a great idea. It's fantastic. But the problem is, is that you had nobody to root for at all. Like, there was the one kid who was on the corner selling drugs. But if he was the focal point, and if he was Elon Noel's character, I could have got it. Because you could see where, you see why he was doing it. He had no other, and they mentioned that a couple times. Like, I have no other options. I just want to get out of here. This sucks. This is terrible. My life sucks like I get all that but the main guy that the movie just loves and I love the actor but not the character is this guy who never he there's never one moment where he's like you know what I I have been killing this community I'm gonna stop selling drugs he never says it he never through all this like you think that there's gonna be some character arc where he's like okay now he realizes the damage Mm. he's caused the only thing you get is a couple looks like when that girl comes in and he's making like shit tons of money like shit tons of money he's running this whole city and the girl comes in, and, and she's an old flame or whatever, and she, she makes him think. He's like, damn, I didn't think about it like that. But I'm still going to sell drugs and shoot people in the middle of the street. Well, even after the movie ends and he's like the hero, like I said, of the whole fucking neighborhood, yeah, he never has a redemptive arc, I guess. I mean, not like as far as he says. I'm, I mean, you're assuming that he's going to put down the drugs and take up the hammer, but I doubt it very seriously. What he's probably thinking in the back of his drug dealer kingpin like mine, he's like, damn, a lot of people are going to need Xanax after this. I'm going <laughs> to upgrade my drugs. Because, <laughs> But, you know, like, and it's corny. Like, it's not even like it's it's just bad. It's corny how they introduce him at the end as this hero. You know, they're walking him through the streets like, make way. 
make way for the champion, make way for the king. I was like, he's not fucking Apollo Creed. He didn't just take the belt. He's a drug dealer that got lucky and killed a bunch of bad guys. Like, cool, that's awesome. But at the same time, it's not worth him fucking being celebrated. If anything, they could have maybe given him some respect or that the people were thanking him, but not in that way, not in like a open, like, cool, I'm going to bow to your presence. Like, that doesn't work out. Like, if he'd have stopped him and 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 been like, no, don't don't look up to me. I've been, she was right. I've been killing this community for years. Because the one character even says it. She was like, she's like, what do you worry about the purge for? You've been killing people in this community for years with your drugs and shit. Yeah. And like, and, and then the movie just glosses over it. And what I think that the point that they're trying to get across is here, like, they didn't. They didn't want to. Uh, the movie did not want to be like it's not cool to sell drugs. They wanted you to think that he was this great, amazing guy, and, and sells drugs. And I just I, there was nobody to root for at all. Like you do have the one kid, like I said, and the the, the one guy that I liked in it as a villain type character Skeletor. was uh, Skeletor. Like he was like there's great nothing, skull will fall. <laughs> there's nothing scary in the movie at all. No. There's I mean you get a couple masks. The one dude with a squirt gun. The one dude comes up and scares the shit out of you, and then just has a squirt gun. Like I don't even know what the I would have squirted out of my wiener. He <laughs> <laughs> done that. But like you know. It, the uh, that Skeletor dude was 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 he was the only he one was stupid, that, but it was still kind of scary. He was the only one that actually fit in the Purge movie. Yeah, like because mostly the Purge is you know what the movie explains is it's this experiment that the new founding fathers want to try out, and Staten Island happens to be the location that they're going to try this experiment, and you have the whole world watching to see how this plays out. And it really plays on the fact that overpopulation and and you know we don't have enough resources to go around, and that's why they're doing this. And they also offer money and incentives to people to sign up for the purge and give them psych evaluations for the fucking crazy. Um, and so it's basically a prey on uh, lower income families and things to go out, you know, because I think they, they said that they sign up initially for $5,000 cash as long as they stay in the city during the purge. And if they participate, they get like bonuses based on how much they participate in the purge. I like all that. I, I thought that was set up really, really well. Uh, and Skeletor, the villain, I was going to say Skeletor, is like, do you? <laughs> I always think of the fucking the, uh, Masters of the Universe. But uh, he fit the profile perfectly for what I thought was going to be focused around him. And then maybe having through his eyes, you see the purge go down. That would have been an interesting thought. Uh, the idea having the, uh, you know, the house that Jack built that we've already done the trailer reaction for, they're going to have it showcased through the serial killer's eyes. How different it would have been as a Purge movie if you had seen it through through Skeletor's eyes most of the movie as the Purge progressed and what it was like. Because again, there were some cool elements and ideas behind what they were trying to go for. And I think that if they had maybe brainstormed a bit more and not been constipated and have to go to the toilet, they would have come up with a better script. And also, uh, the fact that <clears throat> Skeletor... He, as good as he was, as far as like making sense, I just think that he was also a bit overacted too. Like, oh yeah, yeah, it was, it was a bit too times. much. Yeah, it felt like a fucking bad guy that John Claude Van Damme would roundhouse kick him really fast in a fucking <laughs> tournament. and He'd be dead. Something cool that they did was uh, Marissa Tomei's in this, by the way. Wasted. Uh, yeah, totally wasted. But she's she's doing the Jason Bourne thing behind the monitors, watching with this with this uh, a couple guys that are that are in the the crew that are trying to push this whole purge thing forward. And uh, she's like, why isn't anybody purging? Like, why aren't they doing anything? Because they haven't eaten enough. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of cool what they do. They show that, like, at first, no one's actually 
killing. Like these are actually good people or whatever for the most part. And they go out there and they just have a giant party yeah. and it's a, it's a giant uh, fun rave. And then at one point when Skeletor goes through there and he starts doing his thing, like I, I was I was cracking up, dude, because he was making this face the entire time. It was just funny as hell. But yeah, Tomei is completely wasted. Like I don't go into detail about what happens with her character. She could have been any fucking one. Like they totally well, wasted <clears> the actress. As a, as a scientist, leading scientist on the actual purge, because it was her idea to begin with, the whole experiment, you would have thought that she would have had more of an impact in the movie overall or the progression of the plot or like letting the audience know specifically why they do it. They do give you a little information, again, a psychological experiment to see if the American people would do it, but they don't go into real details about why, what her motivations are for really wanting to do it, yeah. except for the New Founding Fathers adopting that idea and putting it into play because they obviously, for political reasons, want to do it. Uh, and again... Marissa, she's such a great actress too, and the way that they, they at the end, like like you said, they they treat her is like fuck me. Just go back to Homecoming. <laughs> <laughs> there was, you know what? There was no reason for this to be a prequel. Now they are setting up a TV series, and I don't know if it's going to be based on this or whatever. Joy to the world. <laughs> there was no reason at all for this to be a prequel. They mm-hmm. could have literally just had this be another Purge movie, and they could have focused on the inner city area and what they're trying to do there. I, I have no mm-hmm. idea why they made it a prequel or called it the first Purge, because as you said, they could have gone into way more detail about why this is doing it, how this actually took place, the the details behind what went wrong. You still got to have your your violence and shit like that in there for, it's for not the like Friday you night do that. moviegoers, yeah. But you could have done it, and it felt like some people are giving this movie a pass because they're they're talking about how how the movie uh, uh, mentions racism and things like that, and they're trying to talk about it like it's Get Out, and it's not at all. Like, not Get Out close. like was subtle, it was smart. This was basically all this movie said, and I don't want to get into this topic at all, so I'll leave it alone after this. But all this movie was trying to say is white people are trying to kill you. Like that's all it was. They even on purpose had a scene where a bunch of cops, uh, guys dressed as cops, were in a baseball field like walking a guy down and killing him and i if you want to go that route if you want to tell that story and do it smartly or do it with some you know two sides to it i get it but this basically was just it was just like hey crack dealers are awesome and it's no one's fault but ours yeah and they create skeletor (laughs) you create skeletor and there's a lot to say there about the inner city and about how but nobody takes them seriously and there's a lot there's a lot of smart shit you could have done with yeah but but you know the whole idea again and i agree with you i i as far as like what felt being attacked though i felt like oompa loompas were against me i mean that was the political message that i took away from it no i know what you mean but um the, the fact that it takes place and centralized in the inner city uh, neighborhood, that's fine. But The Purge, it's the entirety of Staten Island. So if you're going to do a Purge movie, why wouldn't you show the entirety of, of Staten Island? And they do show in the fact, and, and, and it, there were elements in it that were obviously uh, race-fueled, you know, as far as showcasing certain things. Uh, but there's also things they could have explored more too, like the socioeconomic situation where uh, you have the elites, the top 2% against the people that are on the bottom. And that's what you see lined up, white, black, brown, everything in the middle, uh, lining up to sell out their soul basically to get money because they, they don't have anything. And the elite liking this, loving this, maybe even show while, you know, these poor people are, are getting this money and are being basically manipulated to go out and kill each other, you could show like people living in mansions and high up, like eating popcorn like it's a fucking show. Like this is really gonna get me off because my wife is not doing it for me anymore. And this Viagra sucks. But that would have been another element you could have added to it, which yeah. they did not explore. So again, there are a lot of missed opportunities. Ray Finkel fucked it up and <laughs> laces out, but there's a lot of opportunities that they missed. 
And there are some things they hit, but not enough to make me feel like the movie was worthwhile. And at the end of the day, I feel like I got uh, a whole bag of jelly beans shoved up my ass. <laughs> uh, and, and by the way, speaking of which, the forced comedy in this uh, was awful. Uh, they were trying to use some um, levity. Uh, you know how some horror movies just have that one person or two people that are supposed to be the comic relief? Fucking awful. It was forced. It was terrible dialogue. It was corny. It was wooden. Much like our channel. But at the <laughs> same time, it was just terrible to see it on the big screen. And I was honestly disappointed uh, while sitting there. I almost wanted to leave halfway through the fucking movie. Because at the end of the day, I'm thinking, this is if anything else, this is a sci-fi fucking movie on the, on the level for me of Sharknado. Like, it, it's just... It's just corny. It's just it's stupid wooden acting at the best, and it's missed opportunities at the worst. And I just felt like leaving the theater. I was in search mode the entire time, okay, guys? Like Terminator. And all I found, appropriate response was, fuck you, asshole. That's it. <laughs> That's all yeah. I had. And don't get me wrong, like, I'm not offended at all. Like, no. the movie doesn't offend me. I'm not like, how dare you say this? Like, I, I get what the movie's trying to say, but they're just doing a terrible job of it. Like, it's so just blatant and over the top, and it's just not... It, there's nothing to think about, man. It's just... It, it, I didn't walk away with any and, keen ideas on anything. And don't get me wrong, I would have been fine if The Purge had nothing to say at all, and, and The Purge was just like... If it was a horror movie, it was a, if it was a straight-up horror movie, or a straight-up action movie, but they, they wanted to act like they had something to say. They wanted to act like the entire point of the movie was that they had something to say when in fact they didn't and it didn't have any horror in it which is fine it didn't have to I get that the purge is going further and further Thriller away from horror man. but if you're going to go further and further away from horror you should go to saying something smart or, or making a stance on the world the way it is today and they just they just failed every aspect of this now I do love the end of the movie and I won't go into spoilers here on it because I, I, I don't want to just take a dive off that bridge but um there was a, a diehard-like situation. And like I said, even though I hate his character, man, that Yulin Noel was a badass in this movie. Yeah. And there's there's an awesome diehard situation. It was like the Nakatomi Plaza when he has to go up floors and do stuff. Welcome to the party, pal. There's this one bad guy who's like, uh, they're all like, he looks like a... Uh, um, he looks like a German fucking... He looks like the dude from... Uh, Seth uh, Roland... Uh, Henry Seth, Rollins. He Henry looks like Rollins, Henry Rollins, yeah. 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 But uh, And he was uh, kind of a badass villain. But again, like... They were trying so hard to say some stupid ass shit in this movie, yeah. and the, but that that guy was badass, and the standoff at the end was badass, and I thought the special effects, minus the terrible CGI, three hundred on a cheaper budget, way cheaper. blood was garbage. Well, also, I, I I agree with what you're saying, with brother, but I also want to say too, um, there's a way to tell your to, to bring about a message, you know, and it doesn't matter what movie it is, horror, action, romance, whatever you want to say. There's a way to do it, and the best, if you can tell a good movie, it's the subtlety in which they tell the the message behind it. They don't just blatantly fucking obviously say it and try to hide it behind something else, which is what they were trying to do, and they didn't even do a good job of doing it. It's just awful. Like, I would say, like, in a subtle way, and the way that you tell a political message or whatever you're trying to get across in certain ways is something like, uh, just for example, old school, Night of the Living Dead, George Romero. He was talking about racism in that movie, and yep. he did it in such a smart, subtle way that people were like, I wonder, because they were able to think about it and say, okay, I see what he was doing here. You cast a black man as the lead role, telling, you know, in that in, in the time, in the, when 68, that was unheard of in that time for that, for the, anyway, for this kind of movie, and the whole the whole situation about the the mindlessness of people and the way that they act and those are zombies. Dawn of the Dead is dealing with consumerism that we're all zombies because we all flock to one thing and we are mindless creatures. Again, subtle things that he was able to put in his movie 
that got you the political message and got that that part across without being obvious about it. Be like, here's a big wiener in your face. Look at my wiener. <laughs> Which is what this movie did. It's a fucking child stumbling around in the dark with a flashlight trying to figure out what the fuck a light switch is. And that's what they. That's basically what they are. They're a big kid and fucking stumbling around hitting Legos and, and stumbling. That's an amazing point to bring up about Night of the Living Dead, dude. Because that that's a movie that makes you go, you know what? Racism sucks. Mm. And people who are racist fucking suck. Uh, let's think about it and let's talk about it. Let's show how it really is. Rather than something that's just trying to jump on the moment and go, hey, white people are trying to kill you. Let's let's push let's push a, a hateful agenda rather than talk about, you know, how shitty it is or what we could do to change it or, or, or smartly bring up the topic in a way that gets people talking. This was just... This was childish. But if you want to, uh, you know, we'll move off. I mean, because I don't want to talk about no, it. No, I don't either. I don't, I don't All I want to do is say that, it, that, like, again, I'll reiterate the fact that it had great elements in it and it had missed opportunities. And that's really what the, if you're going to boil this down in a nutshell, a good good premise, missed opportunities in a nutshell is what the movie is. And as far as a horror movie itself, or as far as a movie itself, overall, even without the political bullshit garbage that was trying to be pushed off in this, it just it the movie sucked, guys. I I mean, honest. If it was great and it was good, despite it being obvious, oh, yeah. I would tell you like, hey, you know what? It was still a fucking cool time and had a great time. The action sequences, some of them were cool, uh, most of them fell flat. The comedic relief was obviously forced and wooden. I mean, I felt like I was watching goddamn Hayden Christensen again. <laughs> and overall, besides a few little parts in it. I was bored out of my fucking mind because it was predictable. It was not subtle. I mean, you could see it coming from a mile away, and I wanted to leave halfway through. And I'm like, "Fuck it, I'll go see Cars 4. <laughs> that movie's not out yet, but I would. Yeah, dude, I give it, I give it a five. Uh, I give it a, that's a nice rating for me. I give it a five because, like I said, I really like the main actor. Uh, I, I liked a couple of the ideas they had, like with the. Um, um, contact lenses yeah. uh, where you could see what they were doing which Minority. is weird this was a this was a this was a prequel they don't have that they're not using that technology now it's a strange jump off but um i thought that the action was good i love the main actor um it just like you said man so many missed opportunities and why did you waste uh, a movie that could have explained the origin of the purge on not telling that story at all and why would you waste the, this great idea of making a hood purge movie like that would have been so cool and if you had done it in a different way and had one character to, to lead you through it yeah. that had some moral background something that you could grasp well onto. the kid would have been perfect yeah but yeah and I was going to say I, I'm going to give it a 3.0 I hated it way worse than you and, and honestly I had to fight every fiber of my being to fucking not to sit through it uh, but yeah you're right There, you know why would you not put in a product placement and put Surge in the Purge. <laughs> put Surge Returns in the Purge. But yeah, man, I, overall, I would say if you're a huge fan of the Purge and you want to see and know everything about it and you sleep at night with a poster wrapped around your little wiener and you want to continue the Purge, go watch it. But overall, as a movie, just... Do yourself a favor and wait for it to be on Netflix or, or rent it off Redbox. Hey, or and, something. A, and a lot of people do like it. A lot, I know, so but you know, each his own. I don't. I mean, that's awesome, man. If you if you feel like you got your bang for your dollar, yeah, <clears throat> that's awesome. But and the last thing I'll say about it is, I, I keep thinking about this main character and how bad I wanted to like him. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's character in Black Panther, mm. he's literally a villain. Like he is a villain in that Killmonger. Movie. Yeah, and I, I I could so so get behind his cause and what he was trying to do. Like he to me, I understood where he was coming from way more than I understood uh, could get behind the the lead uh, good guy in this movie. So if that tells you, anything, <clears> I don't that's know. Bar, that's again uh, that's good storytelling and subtleties. 
that go, you know, that you don't have to be obvious about that are just still telling the story. Yes, so. yes. So uh, that is the first purge, and uh, God have mercy on your soul. So I don't. I mean, I'm gonna watch the TV series, but I really hope that they don't take off from this. Uh, I hope that they go with different characters. I, hope, um, I feel like it's gonna be like the fucking strain. But if on I get, FX. yeah, that was good at first. Yeah. Uh, but dude, if I can get anything out of this movie that I want, I would love to see Lenol in action movies, man. I would love to see him yeah, play. I think he's going to. I think you'll see him in. I'd in like to see him as like maybe Spawn or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be badass, yeah. dude. He'd be perfect. But Jamie Foxx is playing Spawn, know, which is cool. even more badass, which is great. And Jamie Ritter's in that now too. Uh-huh. That's great in this. That's Twitch. Uh, yeah. So, uh, all right. So, moving on, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, I really well, there don't... was a wasp and an ant. They fucked and they had a bee. <laughs> I, I always said there was going to be spoilers at the end of this movie. There's almost no point to. We'll talk a little bit about what happens at the end of this at the end here, but uh, we'll give you fair warning for the spoilers. So, the Wasp is directed by the same guy who did the first one, Peyton Reed. Um, and I don't even know why they called it Ant Man and the Wasp because when I read that, I thought that we're going to see him and her team up and do stuff, yeah, and he did. Yeah. But this was just more of the same. Really, it was it was really just a continuation in every sense of the word of the first movie. Well, they didn't really have much team up action until maybe a little bit towards the third of the movie but it was I mean when they when they used it it was good it was a yeah. cool little action sequences and the way that they combined their powers and as far as like how they worked off each other and Avenger Lily is fucking hot by the way Woo. god damn but anyhow besides that Swing. besides ignore this boner uh, <laughs> but besides that she's also a great actress and she embodied that character really well and you can tell that she cares about the character uh you, you you see, yeah, you're right. It's it's just a straight continuation. It's almost like Ant Man and Ant Man of the Wasp could be just one full movie. Yeah. And I know a lot of people have said this, and I don't really necessarily agree with it, but I kind of do after watching it. Uh, it does feel, in some way, as as much as I enjoyed the movie, I did like the movie. It does, in some way, feel like a filler between this and Captain Marvel going into Infinity War yep. Part Two. Yeah, uh, it's not like it's not a good movie, and it wasn't rushed by any means. And there is, you know, there is a connection between the two, but it just it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't feel like... You know how Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was good, but it just didn't feel and, and live up... Not that it didn't live up to its height, but it just didn't feel as unique as the first one. Yeah. It's still the same way, I think, in this too. Uh, and, and really, the whole concept of the story behind Ant-Man and the Wasp is that Hank Pym is recruiting Scott Lang once again. Scott Lang is under house arrest. That's what you find out that he wasn't in the Infinity War. Uh, he's under house arrest. Hank Pym and uh, the Wasp want to find him so that they can bring him. They're going to they're open a portal up to this extra-dimensional space and go and find Janet Van Dyne, played by Sharon Stone. And she didn't uncross her legs. <laughs> you said Sharon Stone. I mean... Uh, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. Well... You've got to look on your face like you've been fucked in a month. Oh, damn it. <laughs> they are the same. They are the same. Uh, but yeah, Sharon... Okay, I was thinking about Sharon Stone. I watched Basic Instinct a couple of days ago and got them. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the whole idea. Uh, Scott Lang is still, I think, a cool-ass Marvel character, and, and Paul Rudd plays it perfectly. He's definitely a good He's great. addition to the cast overall in the, in the Avengers lineup. Uh, and and the and the one dude, his best friends are back. They're they're funny as fuck. I mean, uh, Michael Pena, Michael Pena, and Gru, and Gru, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> There's one specific thing with the Russian guy. He's like, who ever heard of the Bobby Yaga? He's like, Bobby Yaga? <laughs> he's that. He said Bobby Yaga. I prayed to God. I, I really thought they were going to mention John Wick, which would have been funny as fuck. He's like, there's a man outside that John Wick. But they remind me of us, dude. Like, if we were in that situation <laughs> around all these superheroes, because that one dude comes in. Walton Goggins plays it. Uh, Walton Goggins. I didn't like him that much. Yeah, this. he's just like a typical Marvel useless He's a villain. great uh, actor, though. I loved yeah. him in uh, Hateful Eight. Yeah, and uh, and Justified. He was good in that, too. But yeah, he's just a, he's a businessman who, who wants to do business with them, and he becomes like a sinister mob bad guy because they won't do business with him. Yeah. So he goes, this one guy has this, this, uh, 
truth serum, but he won't call it that. He gets offended when you call it that. And the whole time, Michael Pena and them were like, no, nah, dog, it's truth serum. Like, That's, That's not the truth serum. serum. He's like, what's it, what's it make you uh, make you tell the truth? He's like, yeah, it's like, it's truth serum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny as fuck. But uh, yeah, and they're trying to start a, uh, a security uh, company during the, while all this shit's going on. And that's how Paul Rudd's character ends up fucking a lot of stuff up because he's trying to uh, juggle all this stuff at the same time. The The main heart of this movie and the first movie, I like this, uh, to me, this is right dead even with the first movie. Mm-hmm. I, just, I like them both the exact same. It's got the, the, the heaviness and the stakes of a CW crossover, but it's just funny and, and it's, and it's, it's enjoyable. It's well-made. There's, there's nothing crazy like and, and tied in the Marvel universe in between it. It's just an easy movie to sit down and watch. I mean, you could wait for it to come out on rental. And I'm not saying it's a bad movie for that reason. I'm just saying that like, it's just, it's just a good movie. I mean, it's, it's kind of refreshing in a way that it's like the way movies used to come out. You know, they didn't have to be this huge property or whatever. And it's got action. And you do see him get big a couple times, which is really... Yeah, he grows out. I think he gets larger in this one than he had even in the other one. I think he gets like fucking 80 feet or some crazy shit like that. That's badass. And by the way, he can't fix it. He's like, I'm going to go to sleep now. Because he gets tired. But um, yeah, I agree with that. And also the fact that the what centers this movie and anchors it uh, makes it slightly different than the other ones is the the relationship that he has with his daughter. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. And it's more specific and, and uh, more direct focus about why he's doing what he's doing. Which, again, it, it's a continuation of the first one. Scott Lang is not necessarily superhero material. He's a criminal that just got caught up in this craziness, but he wants to do it all for his daughter, which is a great idea and a cool thing. We family, dog. Uh, <laughs> Fast and Furious. And then also Vin Diesel shows up. But... Also, I want to talk about the villain really quick. The two villains in this, which I was kind of thrown for a loop. Lawrence Fishburne shows up, and goddamn, the Matrix has been well. It's been doing good for him. Those stakes have been doing it. Uh, but he shows up as Bill Foster, and I, I know a lot of you comic book fans out there know Bill Foster as Goliath. He even says that he's a part of the Goliath program. And in the comic books, Bill Foster is Goliath. He's a superhero that joined the Avengers at one point. Uh, that was pretty cool, but he turns out to be the backer, and this is a little spoiler here, he turns out to be the backer for the villain in this movie called Ghost, uh, which is a character that she's like able to shift in and out of the quantum realm, and that's her superpower, but she's tearing her apart, and what she wants to do is suck Janet Van Dyne dry. Tearing apart, Bob, bro. <laughs> yeah, uh... But she wants to suck Janet Van Dyne uh, dry, basically, and heal herself. Me too, and, you know what I mean? Nah. Yeah, I want to see it. But uh, Catwoman, you know, so it's a, it's a it's a race to find out who gets to the the first wasp first. Cool, cool uh, visual effect on the villain, yeah. by the way. Like though, she looks like a spider because she's got those that weird helmet with those eyes or she's whatever. Cute though. When she shows up uh, to fight uh, with the wasp, <laughs> when she shows up to fight with the wasp, which by the way, the effects on her are really cool. Yeah. I like how they keep getting big and small. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. Uh, speaking of the Matrix, it did remind you of Neo. He's yeah. like, Upgrades. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, um, but the way she moves is kind of freaky when, it, when you see her in the suit at first and it shows up it's like oh this might be a pretty cool villain and it's not a bad villain it's better than the villain from the first Ant-Man movie that's for sure but it's still nothing special I mean it's still really just like a side story that you don't really care if it ever shows up again or not um, but they did a good job with it the actress who, who, who played the villain was good um, I did love how they had this effect where uh, Scott Lang's suit kept fucking up. Like it would, it would just do whatever the hell. Yeah, it, it was like so, that experimental suit that Pim gave him. Yeah, so he'll get really big or really small, and at one point he's in the school. Let's just talk about my wiener. <laughs> Sometimes <it's> <laughs> this whole thing is a dicky. I know. Prison. I'm sorry. It's just like I can't help it. And when it gets uh, big afterwards, you get tired. I know, but it's like up down, and sometimes it doesn't work. <laughs> and when it gets big, it fucks up stuff and it creates trouble for you. Just knocking over coffee mugs. <laughs> that long. <laughs> but uh, there's a really funny scene that reminded me of the scene in Deadpool where he gets stuck as like a kid size while he's inside of the high school or yeah. while he's inside of the elementary school that shit was hilarious I man uh, I want 
wanted to do what he did in Role Models, where he's like, ah, Minotaur, taste the beast. <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. But uh, that, going back to the same thing, man, the heart and soul of this movie, I love the stuff between him and his daughter. It's done really, really, really well. And it actually brought me to tears in this movie and the first one a couple times. There's a couple little touching scenes in, but it's hilarious because Paul Rudd's funny as fuck. And, and, uh, and the only thing I don't like about these movies is it feels like Hank Pym was a big deal. Like, you yeah, know, the comic like, books, Hank Pym was a founder of the Avengers. Yeah, like, uh, it just seems like uh, both Hank Pym and Michael Douglas kind of get the shaft in these movies. He's alright. I mean, he, he's still, good. he still plays a snarky asshole that he did in the first one, which is yeah. great. I like seeing Michael Douglas do that since falling down the motherfucker rocks. Yeah. But, the game. Yeah, he does feel a bit glossed over, but in his defense, in, or in the studio's defense anyway, it is called Ant-Man and the Wasp, and they really wanted to make that whole thing yeah. happen in this way. So, that's, that's okay. Honestly, guys... In the end, it's just a superhero movie. It's a great superhero movie with a cool little family element in it that makes it a little different than the rest of them. And Scott Lang, as far as Paul Rudd portraying him, continues to be the goofy fucking fuck-up that he is that everybody loves. He's not as cool as maybe Chris Pratt, but he's still... I like him. I like the character a lot. Uh, and uh, Hope Van Dyne, Evangela Lilly's character, is going to be great. Uh, and the villains, she uh, memorable, I guess, yeah. in this movie, but not... I mean, again, I... You, these movies are more of a kind of trippy ass Doctor Strange, you know, crazy special effects with good acting to center it kind of movies that you go see. It's not gonna have and this one, and I think it was good. I think they did this for a reason uh, to make it right after Infinity War. I know it kind of is on a schedule, but because of the heaviness of Infinity War and it, and it you know, guys, it's Disney, you know, universe also that owns Marvel. They maybe wanted to get some up uh, uplifting parts to it, and this movie is overall has a lot of uplifting storytelling in it so it's not really anything that's going to be like oh my god i can't believe that happened uh ant-man which is a nice butter stick in his butt (laughs) it's a nice break dude it's a really nice break to be able to sit down and watch a movie and just enjoy it for what it is you know what it is it's the true lies of the terminator franchise yeah i know that that doesn't make sense but you get what i'm saying you're fired (laughs) (laughs) you're fired uh true lies was just like a fun action movie that that made jokes and it had a good time but the action was still good it was still fun uh this this if you compare True Lies to Terminator, Terminator 2 would be the Avengers uh, Infinity War, and this would be True Lies. Like, it's, yeah. it's done really well. Again, I really like what they did when they made things big and small again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I already said that once, but they, they, they did it in a smart way. It, it never got old. Like, yeah. the cars kept getting big or small. And there's intelligence behind the special effects. It's not like you're setting through, like, Transformers. And it's well done, too. Yeah. It's really well made. And, and the, the, the set pieces and the action's really good, and the characters are all like, well, yeah, it's kind of what Transformers wished it was. Yeah, well, here's the thing. And again, I, I'm going to say... I'm gonna reiterate and it's not a bad thing I'm just saying it's true uh, as you watch the movie it's easy to watch like you said it's fun it's, it's you can sit back and just relax uh, not really have to overthink anything and how this connects to that even though you're going to be doing that anyway but it is a filler I mean yeah. at the end of the day that's what it is <clears throat> and people need it like the Marvel movie to get to the next one it's going to be Captain Marvel and speaking of a spoiler here comes a big one uh, Ant-Man is a woman. No, uh, the, the spoiler is at the end, after the credits roll, the normal way, uh, you see the Wasp, uh, or Hope Van Dyne, uh, Hank Pym, and Scott Lang, they're playing around with the Quantum Realm. Uh, Hank Pym sends Scott Lang through the Quantum Realm to get this healing stuff for the villain in this, which was a Ghost, who has made amends with them uh, to keep her together. And why he's in there... He's communicating back and forth through the radio, and then he can't hear him anymore, and then boom, it cuts to the ash falling. And it was Janet Van Dyne also out there with him. So Janet Van Dyne, Hope Van Dyne, and Hank Pym all become ash after Thanos snapped his finger, and Scott Lang is still alive, fucking stuck in the quantum realm, which also leads a lot of people to speculate 
this is going to play a big part in the Avengers movie because the quantum realm, where you find space and time don't really have any meaning there. Uh, and he's stuck there, so how's he going to get out, especially since anybody can't pull him out? Who knows? I mean, so that's going to be, that's pretty interesting to see how they're going to play that into the uh, Infinity War Part 2, but that's the big spoiler. So the, I think a lot of people were hoping the Wasp would stay around to fight with the Avengers because she didn't really get to see her in the Civil War, but. Uh, she's not in. Uh, and, and Scott's stuck in the quantum realm. Yeah, that's now. what I'm saying. How, how you are you going to get him out? The only one I could think of, they maybe... better not nerf that shit well, the only one out of it. Is maybe, I mean, it would be stupid, but what if Bill Foster was just walking by, like, I'm on the roof. Like, <laughs> oh, shit! Somebody's stuck in there? <laughs> yeah, going forward with that, though, like... Um, could be. It there, could be Ghost. There's some people that think that Ghost is going to have something to do with the Infinity Stones because of her uh, um, her relationship to the, yeah, to the quantum realm or whatever. But, uh, you know, at one hand, this will piss me off. and the other hand, it might be kind of a good thing. Um, if Scott Lang is stuck in the quantum realm for the entirety of the the rest of how Infinity War plays out, it's going to suck because it's going to feel kind of like it felt with uh, the last one where Hawk was gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was in the beginning or whatever, but where he didn't have much to do with the end of it, that, f- that felt kind of shitty. I would buy into that, but except for the fact that, and I know you guys, I don't know if you guys have seen those leaked photos yet of the Infinity War Part 2, but on the set where you see Ant-Man talking to young Captain America. And oh, I didn't I, see that. Tony Stark, yeah. They're on the streets of New York from the original Avengers, and they're all together, and he's in his costume and everything. Ant-Man's there. Okay. So he's out of it at some point, and also... What if... What if the, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off here, but I'll forget this it, if I don't say it. it. What if he uses um, the quantum realm to save that's some what, people? Like, that's we what, need to go here while Thanos destroys the Earth, because if not, we're going to die too. Well, in the in the leaked photos, it's one guy spotted it, and he saw it. On each of their hands, they have this like device. Uh, Tony Stark's got one. Ant-Man's got one. It looks like a time displacement thing. And it's on the set of the original Avengers battle in New York. And a lot of people are speculating that Tony Stark, because he survived, finds out a way to get into the quantum realm and use it to time travel back to the first Avengers and warn oh. them. And also, that also brings in why Bruce Banner is back as the Hulk, because he's, you know, changed. Now, there's also one fan theory out there that has nothing to do with Ant-Man and Wasp, but I want to throw it out anyway because I just saw it. And a lot of people are saying, holy fuck. A lot of people are thinking that Loki never died, and he was actually Bruce Banner the entire time during the Infinity Gauntlet War, oh. because that's why he couldn't change, because it was Loki. Oh, shit. But anyway, that'd blow your fucking mind, that's but I don't crazy. think that's the case. But anyhow, um, it's going to be interesting moving forward to see how they play that into... <laughs> the Saw music starts. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Game over. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> no! So, uh, but yeah, it's going to be interesting moving forward how they're going to implement all these different things. In the that that's one thing that Disney Marvel has done masterfully since the beginning is how they tie these characters together. I still am pissed off. The only thing I am mad about, but Ant Man being uh, it could have been, um, is that um, uh, what's his name walked off the project in the first Ant Man. Uh, the director that was going to be up. Uh, oh yeah, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. I would have loved to see what Edgar Wright would have done with Ant Man and that whole universe. Definitely, dude. And uh, oh, and by the way, before we go, uh, they showed a Halloween poster in the Purge. Oh yeah, in that the, was, in that the was kids' cool. room. That was oh, dope. Yeah, and speaking also of the Purge, best part of that movie, and that's why I give it an extra 1.0, Jim, is because you actually got to see the fucking Halloween trailer on the big screen with the music and everything else. And I was holy late. balls. I missed it. No, it was good. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah it's awesome yeah so guys that, that's our review of the first purge which I'm sure is going to piss some people off yeah well they can purge about it just people liked it but <laughs> hey you know what if you liked it we're not telling you we're wrong we're just telling you how we feel about it you know find us um, on the purge day and we'll fuck you up <laughs> <laughs> so uh, comment down below let us know your all's thoughts we love your fucking faces and if you're new to the channel click that subscribe button and get some goddamn damn whammy
Don't purge. Search. Oh, wait, wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we go, uh, we do have a SoundCloud now. We have a SoundCloud. Yes. And I'm putting all. What's that mean? I'm, <laughs> I'm putting all of our podcasts. Uh, so if you don't want to just watch the podcast on YouTube, if you want to listen to it, if you want to download them, they're going to be on iTunes. They're going to be on SoundCloud. I'll put the link down below. And we've also got extra shit on there. There's a show called The Remains. That's all the shit that we don't get to uh, together when we see these movies. Like if I go see something, if Jay doesn't see it, whatever the situation is. And then we're going to put all the commentaries. All that stuff's going to be on there. So definitely go to that link below. Follow that RSS feed and all that shit or whatever. Just follow us on there. And, so you're saying uh, there's more content touch, for free? Touch your butt at night. Wow. Touch your butt at night and all over the place you'll go. What? We love your fucking faces. I hope you guys have an amazing fucking day and week and life. See you guys at Terabithia. Though it will be short. Okay. <laughs> we watched a movie. Yeah. We watched a movie. We watched it. We watched a movie. Yeah. You know what? We did a review. We watched a movie. Uh-huh. We watched a movie. Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets. No, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese. Or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece chicken McNuggets, juicy quarter pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets, no, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with Cheese, or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's, because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, juicy Quarter Pounder with Cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal, single item at regular price.